0: has to begin to change his workout routine. He has to begin to change his diet or change something to get different results. So the moment he begins to change his workout, what happens? His muscles begin to conflict. They become sore. He has to go through some pain. Even though the pain is good, good to get him where he wants to go, it's still painful. But if he allows the pain to have its proper place, what happens? He experiences or she experiences growth. My wife, a couple of years ago, went back to school to get her master's degree. And when we decided to make this change, we understood that there was gonna be a moment of conflict. Just working around schedules, making the financial investment, all of those things that go into going back to school to get your master's. And when we began that process of, of Amanda going back to, to school, there was some moments of conflict, there were some moments of stress. It was painful at moments. But now, after going through that master's program, there's tons of growth, She's able. doors have opened up for her because of her masters, you understand what I'm saying. There's change, the decision for change, but then there's those moments of conflict. Even though we understand that conflict is good, it's painful, so we don't like it. There's this give and take, but the ultimate result is growth. Change is good. Pain is hard, but growth is even better, and that's the idea here, that the word of God is living and it's active and it has the power to change us, and even though it may create some discomfort in our life, even though it may create some moments of, of, of conflict, the end result is growth. We want it, but we don't want it. We think it's a good idea, but we don't wanna go through the pain and the discomfort, and that's why we never make the decision to change. But when we allow the word of God, the living, active word of God, the God-breathed book to have its proper place, it will, here's the great news, it will change us and it will set us up for growth that we never ever could experience by ourselves. So how does the word of God change us? That's the question. I have three quick things for you. Now I didn't come up with these. These are just things from the study um, from, from the week before and also from Rick Warren. But here are three things that the Word of God does in our life, how it changes us. Now, these are not exhaustive. In fact, this week, maybe in your small group, you should get together and talk about more ways how the Word of God changes us. But here's just three quick highlights. I just want to touch briefly on them with you. Number one, the Word of God changes us by, number one, but it takes away our guilt. The Word of God takes away our guilt. You know, this is the first thing that we're going to talk about, but it's a big one. Because so many of us, if we're just to be honest, are, are handcuffed. We're trapped because we have so much regret in our past. We've made mistakes and and things that just, we can't seem to get over because we always keep reliving the past and we're just full of this guilt by the decisions that we've made. Or maybe some of us, people have done something wrong to us and we have shame and we can't tell anyone about it and we're constantly living in this self-imposed prison of guilt and shame. You know, I was a college pastor for several years in Michigan. In that age, 18 to 25-year-olds, it's amazing what they'll begin to tell you. And they would confide in my wife and I, and, and we would begin to hear some of their stories. We would begin to understand that some of our young adults in the ministry there were so riddled with guilt and shame that they were handcuffed, they weren't able to experience all that God had for them. We would listen and We would cry with them and we would comfort and try to encourage where we could. But I would often just take them to to the book of Romans, chapter eight, verse one, and here's what I mean how the word of God takes away our guilt. Because when we understand the word of God is active and it's living, Romans eight, one begins to make sense. And maybe some of you this morning, you're stuck. You're constantly beating yourself up over mistakes that you've made. You're constantly frustrated that you can't seem to get over some areas in your life, and let me tell you, you come to Romans chapter eight and verse one, and listen, let these words soothe you this morning. Listen to the words of Paul when he says this. He writes, there is now no condemnation. That means none, zero, zip. There is nothing, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no more guilt, there is no more shame, there's no more frustration, there's no more wishing I could redo it because when you come to Christ in faith in Christ, all of your past is erased. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We no longer have to keep on beating ourselves up and wishing we could relive the past because we come to faith, the word of God is living and it's active and it takes away our guilt. It's an incredible freeing thing if we begin to live it out in our life. In fact, Paul continues this thought to the Ephesian church, and this is what he says in Ephesians chapter five. He says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy with the cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Now circle that phrase. If you have your Bible or highlight it on your iPhone or iPad, through the word. It says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that when I take the word of God and I begin to fill my mind with it, I begin to allow it to have its proper place in my life, that the word of God washes my mind. It takes away the guilt and it takes away the shame. It takes away past mistakes and some sin in my life and it makes me new. It washes my mind, it eradicates my guilt and my shame. It's a spiritual cleansing for the soul. If you're here this morning, you have guilt and shame, I want you to know that all of us have experienced that in our life. No one is immune from that. But there's a God who loves you, and he's revealed himself through the living word, and he wants to come and take your guilt and shame away, that we no longer have to live in the past. We no longer have to keep on wishing that we could do things over, that we're given a new start. Because with Jesus, all things are new. The word of God eradicates, it eliminates the guilt and shame in our life. But it also also liberates our potential. When we understand that the guilt and shame is is erased, it allows us to step into the full potential that God has for our life. And we're unable sometimes to step into the full potential because we're constantly looking backward. But God, the creator of the universe, is madly in love with you, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose for you, something that you can never imagine. Even your parents don't know about your full potential. Your spouse doesn't know about your full potential. Your boss, as great or as bad as your boss is, doesn't know your full potential. When you step out, when you step away from the guilt and the shame that's clouding your view and handcuffing you, You're able to walk into the full potential in your life. God wants to take you to a new place. You may have to experience a little discomfort and pain when we understand that change is necessary, but he will take you to that area of growth, a place you never thought possible. It liberates your potential. It takes away your guilt and shame. Not only that, but number two, it energizes our faith. The word of God energizes our faith. Listen to, to Romans 10, 17. Paul says this to the Roman church. And this is important. It says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. If you're anything like me, you're paralyzed by fear. I don't want to be, and I don't think you want to be paralyzed by fear. But my temperament, the way, my makeup, the way I think and process, I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid to take risk unless I know I'm going to be successful at it. And oftentimes, I'm paralyzed by fear. I don't take the risk. I don't step out in, in faith because I don't know what the future holds. I see people shaking their heads. You can relate. We're paralyzed by fear. Not because we want to be. Because we're afraid to take risk. And this is what Romans says, this is liberating. It says that faith comes from hearing the message, hearing the word, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That it's impossible to please our God without faith. That faith is the foundational point of everything that we are. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And every time I look in the rearview mirror of my life, I notice times where I was full of fear, where I didn't understand the future, when the world around me caved in, or so I thought, It was because I wasn't walking in faith, I was walking in fear. God wants to take you to that new place, have that change, some of that conflict, and it catapults you to that living in faith. Have you ever sitting in your Bible study or in your small group or even reading the scriptures by yourself? Maybe this week you went through some of those, um, that that practice of pausing every word and, and allowing it to sink in. You know... The word that stuck out to me this week over and over again in the scriptures that we've done is that word let. (laughs) Let the word of Christ or let the peace of Christ dwell in your heart or rule in your heart. I have to make a conscious decision to allow that to happen, to move in different direction and let that happen. Some of us need to step out in faith and allow the word of God to have its place, to do the work, to let it happen. But we're paralyzed by fear. We don't know what it looks like, so we constantly live in, in fear. Have you ever been sitting in church and Pastor Darren's been preaching, and all of a sudden, what something that he says, or the verse that he reads, you think to yourself, man, I can do this. Even though I was paralyzed in fear, I don't know the way around, I don't know how to get over it or around it, but man, I can do this. Well, that's the word of God being energized in your life. That's the word of God activating your faith, that you can do it. You're able to step out and live in faith. A couple weeks ago, and when Pastor Darren was sharing the story of how Heartland Church started, 18 people in his, in his living room, and, and just one step of faith after the other to what we experience today, that gives me great faith and courage and confidence in knowing what I think is insurmountable in my life. That God is faithful. When he calls us to do something, he'll be faithful to see it through. And I can step out in faith. It energizes my faith to, to take what is mine and be able to do what the Lord has called me to do. That I don't have to live in fear. I'm able to step out in faith. Because the word of God is living and it's active. It energizes your faith. It allows you to do things you never thought was possible. Because of the faith that the word of God gives you. It's incredible, it's liberating if you experience it. The word of God energizes, it activates your faith. Not only does it take away your guilt and shame, energizes your faith, but number three, this is the third point, it gives us new life. That the word of God gives us new life. Look at James 1.18. This is a great text. It says, he chose... To give us birth through the Word of truth. That Word of truth, the spiritual birth, the salvation comes from the Word of truth, which is Jesus, the living Word. That when we understand and put the Word of God in its rightful place in our life, that it gives us new life. We don't just get a new leaf or turn over a, a, a leaf, we get a brand new leaf. We get a, the slate is clean, it is clear, our past is forgiven, we're able to step out, our new life is in front of us. The word of God gives us new life. We begin to understand that God, the creator of the universe, loves us so much. Think about that. Regardless of your past, regardless of maybe of some of the mistakes that you've made, that he loves you so much He's gonna forgive you, he's gonna eradicate, take away all your guilt and shame. In fact, he loved you in the way that no one else can love you. He gave his only son. And John tells us that if we believe that, we'll have new life. We'll have life abundantly here on earth. It gives us new life. We don't constantly have to be wondering what the future holds, because when we come to the word of God and understand what it is and its rightful place in our life that its active and its living it gives us new life, it gives us hope for the future. It lets us know where we're going. It gives us a comprehensive worldview. The word of God gives us new life. All right, Jared, I hear ya. Gives us new life. It gives us, it takes away our guilt and our shame. That's all good. And it, you know, it catapults, it, it activates our faith. But, but how do we experience that? I mean, what do we need to do? If you're like me, you want some handles. What do we need to do to be able to, to experience that change, to go to that place of growth? Well, there's three kick points we're gonna be done. The first point is this. If we're gonna experience the growth, experience the change in our life, first, we have to learn it. We have to learn the word of God. We have to learn the word of God. Every problem in life that we face is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to trust God more. It's an opportunity for us to rely upon him and, and what he has for our life. It's an opportunity to respond the correct way. Either we respond the way that God has laid out for us in his word, or we do what comes natural, which is usually the wrong thing. You don't have to tell me how to respond wrong to my wife or to my child. That's just, that just comes natural But the word of God comes in and has its proper place and it shows me the right way to do it. You know, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. And I I think this is what he's saying to us this morning. Look at Mark chapter 12. He tells us to the Pharisees, you know what your trouble is? Your trouble is that you don't know the scriptures. Your trouble is that you're missing the boat there. You don't understand that I've come to fulfill the law, that I'm the Messiah to bring hope. Hey, you had the law and the prophets and you didn't do anything with them. He's telling them that your problem is that you don't know the scriptures and I think that's what he's telling us this morning. The problems that we create in our life is because we don't know the scriptures. Because we think that we can figure life out better by ourselves and do what comes natural but the word of God is living and it's active and listen to this, and this is what I want for you. That if we're able to learn it, we're able to go to that place of growth, that place of change that God wants for each and every one of us but we've got to learn it. How many of you are golfers in the room? Okay, this illustration's going to be great then because there's only five of you who, who raised their hand. Uh, <laughs> Bubba Watson is a professional golfer. He's a great Christian man. In fact, he won the Masters Tournament last year. And Bubba Watson um, just going, is really candid and open about <laughs> just what he does in his life on Twitter. And yesterday, he had a meltdown Yesterday he played a really bad round of golf and he chewed out some fans and he yelled at his caddy and you can go on YouTube and look at it. But look look what he wrote here, listen to this, in his Twitter last night. After he cooled down, this is what he wrote and this is what we need for our life. He says, I need help every day with these to make the word of God alive in my heart. He says, Proverbs 14, 29. A patient man has great understanding but a quick-tempered man displays folly. He's got to learn the living and active word of God. He continues and says, the end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience patience is better than pride. We need to learn the active and living word of God. He says, Proverbs 15, 18, he just just lays it all out there. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension but a patient man calms a quarrel. If we're going to go to that place of growth in our life, we have to learn the word of God. If I wanna be a better husband and a better father, you know what I need to do? I need to understand, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Well, what if she's mad? What if she's angry? What if she tells me to do something I don't wanna do? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Love your children. And children, obey your parents and the Lord for what? For this is, right, what if I don't want to do that? He says, no, no, no. If you're going to learn, you're going to go to that place of growth in your life, you have to learn the word of God. It's living. It's active. It will change you. But you know what our problem is? We don't know the scriptures. Learn the word of God. Number two. We have to accept it. We have to accept it. This means that we have to accept the authority of the word of God in our life. I'm a pastor. I've been to seminary. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't understand. You know what I have to do? I have to accept it. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't like. But I have to accept it. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are inconvenient for me. But I have to accept it. If we're gonna go to that place of growth and achieve that next dimension in our life, we have to accept the word of God for what it is. That it is the benchmark for how we evaluate everything. That it is the wisdom for the counsel that we need. That it is the compass for the direction in our life in which we need to go. That the word of God is the authority of our life. First Thessalonians, Paul, Paul tells us to the Thessalonian church, listen to this. He says, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men. That goes back to the, the Bible, the book of books being God breathed, that it's not just an opinion, but it's actually not, and it's not word of men, but it is the word of God. It's actually the word of God which is at work in you who believe. Why? Because it's living and because it's active, because it works in our life. We have to make the word of God the authority, the standard for how we live our life. We learn it, accept it. Number three, we have to act on it. We have to do it. Now this is the hard part. This is where the rubber meets the road. In fact, Rick Warren in our weekly study said, you do what you believe. Listen to this. John, Jesus says in John 13, 17, this is what he says. He writes, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you what? Say it with me, if you do them. Not if you write them down in your notebook. Not if you take really good notes in church, but if you do them. This is the hard part. Here's the part where it kind of gets... Tricky, because here's the thing. It's one thing to know and we need to learn it, but we don't learn it just for learning's sake, just to have knowledge. We learn it to give it away. We are forgiven, why? So we can forgive. We receive grace, why? So we can give grace. We experience love, why? So we can love other people. It's the do aspect. We have to do it. Not just know it. Not just have it written down and make it the authority center for our life, but we have to do it. And when we do it, friends, here, here's the incredible thing, that when we do it, God gives us the grace to do it. Where God leads, he always provides. Remember Pastor here a few weeks ago? That's the same thing here. He's calling us to be doers of the word. Not just know about it, not just give the token answer to someone, but to be a doer of the word. And when we do it, when we um, accept it, and when we learn it, That's when our life is renewed. That's when our guilt and shame is taken away. And friends, that's when our faith is activated. That we're able to do things that we never thought we'd be able to do. Because the word of God is living and it's active and it's changing us. It's taking us to that new place in our life. Take out your memory verse card. As we go through this, it's in your bulletin. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Our memory verse for this week is this. This is from David. He says this. He says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Those wonderful things, it's a life renewed. Guilt and shame eradicated, taken away. That's a new life that you are able to experience through Jesus Christ. Your guilt and shame are taken away and your faith is encouraged, your faith is activated. Open my eyes that I may see these wonderful things in your law. You believe that this morning? Let's say it with me, here we go. We're gonna say it a couple times together. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Together again, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Lord, that is our prayer, that you would open our eyes. That we would see the wonderful things of your law. Hope, peace, our guilt and shame taken away. A new life. Open our eyes that we may see these wonderful things that are available to us. Maybe some of you this morning just need to pray this prayer after me. Just say this quietly in your heart. Just say, Lord, I'm making the word of God priority in my life. I'm giving it the authority to control my life. Pray that. Make the commitment that I'm gonna learn it, that I'm gonna accept it, and I'm gonna do it. That's where you are this morning. Make that your prayer. As some of you this morning are in this room and this is your first time in church and you're kicking the tires, testing the waters, trying to figure out what all this is about. Now, let me tell you, this is all about a personal relationship with Christ. A God who loves you and wants to know you. And this morning, in the quietness of your heart, just pray this prayer as simply as you know how. Just say, God, I believe you love me. You sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. I believe you today. John tells us, if you do that, you'll have everlasting life. That's the launch, that's the beginning of your faith journey. The word of God is living, it's active, and it has the power to change us. So Lord, we give you this moment. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, it's a light unto our path. We accept it We learn it, and we're going to live it out. In Jesus' name, all of us said together, Amen.